Thank you for joining us for the podcast ministry of Pastor Travis Smith and Brookfield Church, located in Wilmington, North Carolina. To learn more, visit us online at brookfieldchurch.life and connect with us on all social media platforms. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Thank you for joining me. We're in the middle of our fast here at Brookfield Church, and I wanted to release a lesson that I did uh, last week. Maybe you're in the middle of your fast. Maybe you're just starting your fast. And I hope this encourages you and also provides you with some information on how to get the most out of your fast. You know, the mind is where the enemy works. He plants thoughts and ideas that are contrary to God's way and will for us. And many times, if we're not prepared, we can easily fall into deception, buying into and believing the lies that the devil tries to tell us. So how do we keep ourselves from falling into that deception and believing the lies. Well, Matthew 17, verses 17 through 21, it says, Then Jesus answered and he said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. One way to fight the enemy in your life is fasting. Why is that? Fasting, it's a way to get us from the busy everyday life that everyone is traveling on. And it gets us alone with God and away from many of the distractions of this life. We begin to hear more clearly, think more clearly, speak more clearly. And here the disciples, you know, they walked with Jesus. They knew Jesus. And Jesus is teaching them a valuable lesson here and saying, hey, listen, that prayer alone sometimes is not enough to remove the spirits that you come in contact with. And sometimes you need a discipline of fasting in your life. And I firmly believe that one of the reasons we don't experience the the greatness of God on a greater level than we've ever experienced before in our personal lives is because many lack a disciplined fasting life. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics released a study and they said that on average, we spend one hour and eight minutes every day consuming food and drinks. We spend on average another 34 minutes on food preparation and cleanup every single day. So that's almost two hours a day, an hour and 42 minutes a day out of your 24 hour day is spent eating. And one of our biggest excuses for why We can't do the things we want to do in our lives is that we don't have enough time. You've said it. I've said it. We say it often. Oh, if I just had more time, I need more hours in the day. Well, fasting puts us in a position where we have no excuses for not using that time to spend reading God's word and in prayer. Fasting pushes away the excuses. It tears away at our will and our flesh, and it literally calms down moments in our normally frantic day. Fasting causes us to be able to just take some time to pause and to get off the busy road of life and to really spend intimate time with the Father. You know, in our family, we grew up in eastern North Carolina, and where we were, we didn't get snow often, but it was not out of the question for about once a year, sometimes twice to get a little dusting of snow. And I'll never forget our little boy. He was six years old and snow was a big deal around there and he could not wait to see the snow. And so the snow came and the next day I got out and I was riding on the road and 
going and running some errands, and I'll never forget, I was riding on the road, and if you've ever driven on a, a road that's been uh, plowed, that had snow and ice on it before, you know that it's very gray, very dark, it's very, very grimy looking, and it's definitely not the snow that you would want to use to make snow cream, but just 10 feet off the road from where I was driving was untouched pure snow that looked completely different. I mean, just bright and white. You know, fasting does that for us. Normally, we're on this busy highway, this busy road of life that everyone is traveling on. This chaotic pattern of living becomes the everyday norm for us, and we just accepted it, and we've become used to it. But fasting gets us off of that road and into the place of purity, the place that often goes untouched. The place in which everyone's passing through in this life, it's dirty, it's grimy, it's busy, everyone is on it, but fasting causes us to be able to step away from that and to be able to step back into that pure place with the Lord. Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's what fasting helps us do. It cleans out the mess, the fog, the distracted heart, the distracted mind. And it prepares within us a heart that's ready to be made right with God and a spirit that's ready to be renewed by Him. This past fall, we were moving into our new home. We had moved an hour and a half away from the city that both my wife and I grew up in, were born in and raised in, and the city that we bought our first home in, that we brought the kids home from the hospital in, our first house. We moved away from all of that to a brand new city. And we were excited. It was, you know, bittersweet leaving home, but we had so much anticipation for the new season that we were walking into. And so we closed on our house at the end of October and the very end of October, 1st of November, we're moving into our new home. And we're the kind of couple that we love to decorate for Christmas early. And so usually the first or second week of November, the Christmas decorations are coming out. So on top of just trying to get the clothes out and the toys out and the, the kitchen necessities and all these different things out and unpacked and cleaned and ready, we're also excited about Christmas and we're we're just ready to put up our Christmas decorations. And I'll never forget about the second week of November, I'm going through my kids' rooms one day, and I'm just trying to put some other things up that we hadn't quite unpacked yet, and I'm looking at all their toys and their clothes, and I begin to stress out because it dawns on me that Christmas is like five weeks, six weeks away, and I knew in just a matter of weeks that they were going to be going through a, a day of abundance, a few days of abundance. Hear me with your spiritual ears right now. I had an expectation of abundance to hit our home. And so I knew that if we were going to make room for the abundance that I knew was coming, we had to go through a purging season. Hear me today. That's what fasting does for us. I went to their rooms and I, I remember my wife and I just began purging clothes and toys that we knew they didn't play with. And we gave away so much stuff and we made room because we had an expectation of abundance on the way. See, that's what fasting does. Many of us, we live a life full of expectation. We believe that Jesus came to give us that life and that life more abundant and we hold to that promise. But the reality is many of us don't go through the preparation that's necessary to make room for the abundance. And fasting causes us to go through a purging season. It purges our mind, our heart, our vocabulary, our attitude. It purges every part of our being and it crucifies our flesh and it makes room so that God can do something new and fresh in our life. Matthew 5 and 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. First John 3, 3 says, All who had this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. 
In 2 Timothy 2.22, says, Run away from youthful lusts, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those believers who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So that's what fasting does. Fasting clears things up. It helps us purge ourselves, our minds, our spirit, our heart. So now that we've established the purpose and the benefit of fasting, how do we put on the mind of Christ through the fasting process? How our minds are renewed, especially in a time of worry and doubt and uncertainty, is a matter of transformation. Following Jesus is a matter of transformation. It sounds so elementary, but so many, even veteran believers, sometimes miss it. Coming to Jesus, being empowered by the Holy Spirit to lay your life and your will down and following after Him is not a matter of spending the rest of your life simply being informed. And many of us have settled for that. We've settled for just being informed through the messages that we hear taught and preached and the information that's available at our fingertips 24 hours a day. You see, some believe that coming to Jesus is just about receiving new information on how to govern and live an old life. And that's really just a a great insult to the incredible extent that God has gone in order to set us up to succeed spiritually and physically. You see, being transformed through the salvation of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit is not about receiving information on how to govern your old life, but it's about being made new and understanding that we've been given an opportunity to live a new life. So don't just simply settle for information on how to get through, but believe for revelation on how to become new. The world is full of people who have acquired the right information, but they're not producing anything. There's no fruit in their life. It's not bringing them the right outcomes. And people hide behind information. Information alone does not empower invitation to transformation, but revelation does. Revelation is what allows information to become fruitful in our life. Revelation comes when we're in a place of clarity and fasting provides that clarity. And if God's not enough, then no other temporary solution will matter or make a difference. And though it may seem to hold up or produce for a time being, in the end, everything else besides him will prove false. Methods and mechanics that don't have their rooting and their bearings in the person of God will eventually crumble to circumstantial tensions. And that's what we're seeing today. People, Christians, are literally crumbling all around us. And they're finding out that they were never truly rooted in the person of God. So how can we be deceived and not even know it? You know what 2 Timothy 3 says? It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power. This isn't just talking about unbelievers. This is talking about believers as well. And the reason we can get to this place while still being deceived that we're following Christ is because we have the form of godliness, but deny its power. And we've not allowed God to truly take root and transform us and make us new. We've settled on new information to govern an old life instead of Asking God to make us new and transform us into who he wants us to be. Intimacy is so important to the believer. Intimacy with the Father, with our prayer life, our fasting life, the disciplines that cause us to have that intimacy with him is so crucial. And so many people lack it in their spiritual walk. You know, intimacy and the lack of is one of the reasons that many marriages fall apart. It's a lack of intimacy. 
And that doesn't just happen. If you married someone, at some point you were attracted to them. You loved them. You desired to be with them. But over the months and the years after the wedding date, we become busy. We become comfortable. We become lazy and even apathetic towards our relationship with our spouse. And we become so full of other hobbies and substitutions and other friendships that intimacy is no longer a priority and the marriage begins to suffer. It's the same way in our relationship with God. We made a decision one day to give our life to Him. We became part of the bride of Christ, if you will, going into covenant with Him. We were passionate. We were on fire. We were so full of excitement, but then we got busy. And we allowed substitutions to come in. We allowed our busy schedules, our kids, our friendships, and our lusts to take over. Our passion for Him and intimacy began to fade. But the good news is that fasting brings back that sense of intimacy with Him. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people who have gathered on that day. And Jesus references many things such as judging others, prayer, the narrow and the wide gate. And he begins a portion of that sermon talking about false prophets and the tree and its fruit. I want to dive into that a little bit in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. If you remember earlier, I talked about the snow. I talked about the snow that is on the road that's real grimy. It's been driven over. It's you know dark looking and it's not snow you would want to consume, but just a few feet off of that path is the pure white snow. Listen to this scripture. It says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. It goes on to say in verse 15, watch out for false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. The people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Church, we need to be careful who we lend our ears to. We need to be careful of the voices that we allow to speak into us. Listen to verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. I don't know about you, but that's one of the most sobering scriptures in the entire Bible to me. To know that we can think that we're doing all the right things and still miss eternity, still miss heaven. Fasting gets rid of all the mess in our lives and it brings back clarity. It brings back that understanding and, and that ability to be sensitive to the voice of the Lord. Activity will never take the place of intimacy. Activity will never be an effective substitute for intimacy. The gifting on your life is not a guaranteed ticket into heaven. But the purpose of the gifting on your life is to reveal Jesus through your life to other people. You see, people always point to activity when they lack intimacy. People always point to activity when they lack intimacy. Fasting gets us off of the road of activity. And it gets us back to that intimate, quiet place where we hear the voice of the Lord again. We can sense his prompting through the Holy Spirit. 
and we begin to understand more clearly the steps that we need to take and the path that he has set us on. So I want to turn this a little practical now. There are several different kinds of fasts that you can do. And I want to just reiterate that I am not a medical professional. And before you ever engage in any kind of fasting, you need to consult with your healthcare provider to make sure that you do it in a safe manner. But fasting is a discipline that's been practiced for thousands of years by many different cultures, and it's proven to have many health benefits. Now, if you're a diabetic or you have other health issues going on, again, I encourage you to seek medical advice before you engage in any kind of fasting. But fasting is a discipline that God ordained, that God gave to us as a way to spiritually draw closer to Him, but it also has physical um, ramifications as well that that really help us out. It cleanses our body. It it causes old cells to begin to die out and new cells to be reborn. It causes our digestive system to be cleansed and it causes us to be able to change our appetite. I remember several years ago I'd gotten up to a weight that I had never been at in my entire life and I engaged in a 21-day fruit and vegetable fast and I was very disciplined with it. And what was amazing is about two weeks into that fast, the first week, week and a half was very difficult, but about two weeks into that fast, my my tastes began to change. And when the 21-day fast was over, I didn't crave a lot of the same foods that I used to crave before the fast. And I, I had been exercising and doing some other things, and I'd increased my water intake. And before I knew it, I wasn't drinking sodas the way I used to. I wasn't eating a lot of the unhealthy foods that I used to eat. And I began to live a much healthier lifestyle, and I actually dropped about 30 pounds during that time frame. And so fasting causes us to be able to reset our body. It's a, it's a spiritual discipline that has physical ramifications for the good. And so there are several different ways you can fast. You can fast one meal a day. You can fast... Um, certain things. Uh, I will tell you that a biblical fast is a food fast. Some people sell for fasting things like television and social media. And I think that's good. I think it's good to clear our mind from those things. But if you want to engage in a true biblical fast, a biblical fast is a food fast. And so another fast, Daniel was known for his fasting, and it's what's called a Daniel fast. It's where you basically just eat fruits and vegetables, and you abstain from meats and breads and uh, you know other kinds of, of drinks, soft drinks and things like that for 21 days, and, and you really just pursue the Lord during that time. Um, and I've done that fast many times, and some people have done what's called a seven-day water fast. Again, you do not need to engage in a strict water fast until you are educated on how to do it because coming off of that fast, there are very specific things that you have to do. And again, I am not a medical professional, but a seven-day water fast is something that many have done. And there are studies that are coming out that are proving that seven-day water fasts have tremendous health benefits on, on many different ailments and diseases and things that uh, that many are susceptible to. And the studies are showing that those that engage properly in a seven-day water fast, that their likelihood of, of in their lifetime uh, getting some diseases that many are plagued with in older age, that your percentages decrease dramatically if you have a lifestyle that is attributed to fasting. And so fasting is something that is absolutely uh, proven over the years 
um, to be a spiritual discipline that has practical benefits. And so I encourage you, do some kind of a fast if you are physically able. Again, consult with your doctor before you just begin to do it. But figure out what you can do and give up something that is important to you. I remember hearing people that would say things like, well, I'm going to fast breakfast for 21 days and they never ate breakfast hardly a day in their life. Fasting is about giving up something that is important to you. If you're not someone who normally eats breakfast, then don't fast breakfast. If you're not someone who normally eats dinner, don't give up dinner. If you're someone that uh, doesn't normally eat sweets, don't say I'm going to give up sweets. I've heard of people doing that. Give up something that's a sacrifice for you. Give up something that is truly um, important to you and a part of your everyday lifestyle. Make the sacrifice and see if God will not honor it. Another thing that I've seen people do when they engage in these corporate fasts with their churches is they'll go on social media and they'll just proclaim to the whole world that they're fasting. Or they'll tell their coworkers or their family that, yeah, I'm on a 21-day fast. We're doing this. We're doing that. Well, the reality is when you do that, that's your reward. Your reward is people knowing that you're fasting. And many people settle for that baseless empty reward of other people knowing that somehow we think we're spiritual. When you go into a fast, keep it as secret as you can. Don't display it and broadcast it for the world to see. Don't go on social media asking for advice because you're giving this up for your church's fast. Or don't go on social media or to your co-workers or your neighbors complaining about how much you miss sodas and how much you miss eating lunch and how much you miss this and miss that because you're on a fast. When you do that, you've earned your reward in that moment. Keep it between you and the Lord. Even when you're on a corporate fast with your church, keep it between you and the Lord and see if God will not honor it. I hope that this has helped you. I hope that this has encouraged you. And I hope that with the oversight of your healthcare provider, that you will figure out what mode of fasting is right for you and that you will engage in a lifestyle of it. Don't just do it once a year. If you're physically able to, make fasting a discipline that you do often. I have several times throughout the month where I fast uh, different ways and uh, sometimes it's it's a meal that I'll give up or sometimes I'll give up a couple of meals over a 24-hour period and uh, other times I'll give up things like social media, television and different things that I'll restrict myself from because I, I just want to either do something to get me closer to the Lord and to hear His voice a little more clear. And sometimes it's just a matter of wanting to better myself physically and practically and mentally. But the great thing is, is fasting is a spiritual discipline that really regardless of the reasons, it always has spiritual and physical implications for the good. So I hope that you will consider engaging in a lifestyle of fasting and join us on this fast. We began our fast January 7th of this year, and we're going to continue it through January 27th. It's not too late to start, and I would love to have you join us. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'll do everything I can to resource you and help answer any questions you have. But again, I would strongly encourage you, if you've never fasted before, or if you don't know your limitations physically, to always consult a healthcare provider before you do anything like this and make sure that you do it the right way. 
way. And I promise you, you will feel better, you will think more clearly, and you will hear the voice of the Lord like you've never heard it before. Have a great day, and I cannot wait to hear about the results that fasting brings forth in your life. Thank you so much for joining us for today's broadcast. If you are interested in hearing more of Pastor Travis's sermons or teaching, please visit us online at brookfieldchurch.life. You can also connect with us on social media platforms. If you have a specific request we can help you pray for, please feel free to contact us by emailing contact at brookfieldchurch.life. Have a blessed day.